Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Flapping and Fawning. Happy birthday, sport flapjack. <laughs> I just want some turkey. Fawn. Ours is not a smiling god. Angel face. Work. Angel, welcome to the pod. Yes. How are you doing? Um, I'm so tired. <laughs> tired of what? Um, being awake, being around in general. <laughs> work, work. Well, Angel Face, we're so excited to have you at the pod, flipping and fawning. Um, could you just start by telling us your pronouns that you'd like for us to refer to you by? Yeah, my pronouns are she, they. Work. And can you also just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Um, we're going to talk in our next episode more about you and your drag, but just so they know who you are as you're joining us for our review of Dragula Titans. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a uh, Southern Gothic drag queen, self-described, and a holy terror here in Birmingham. Spooky, but in a fun <laughs> way. Slay. <laughs> I'm dripping with estrogen and it's pooling at my feet. Ah, I love a pool. It should be summer again. I want to go swim it <laughs> in a pool of estrogen. Paddle What's- in this puddle, mama. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, thank you so much for joining us for our review of Dracula Titans. We're on episode three now. Um, can't believe we're already getting into it, but... This has been such been a good, good season so far. Yeah. Who are you rooting for this season? Um... Literally every season I've been rooting for a Bora, even if she's not on cast. (laughs) You just always want her to come back. Yeah. And she did uh, in episode two of Dracula Titan. So that's nice. Um, Yeah. Well, we actually have a little bet going. Uh, Have you heard about this, Angel? I'm not familiar with current events now. Okay. So... Fawn and I, at the beginning, when they announced the cast, we did this uh, fantasy fag roster, is what we called it. I always forget that's what we called it, and it cracks me up every time. (laughs) And so we have a bet going, so whoever has uh, the winner of Dragula Titans on their roster gets to pick a tattoo for the other person. And they don't get to see it until it's on their body. And the only stipulation is their partner can help them place it, but the actual person like can't see it until it's on. So someone's gonna get grandmother bitch tattooed as a That's what I'm hearing. Honestly, that needs to be a sound on the soundboard. That would be that would be kind of iconic. Grandmother bitch. Or baby grandma, because that would also be yes. like referential back to the pod. <laughs> so what, so what. Um yeah. So as a reminder for everyone, just so that we uh, are so that y'all are in the loop as you're listening. At the top of this episode, I still had a full roster and Fawn was missing one. My roster is Hoso, Melissa, Victoria, Elizabeth, ba- Elizabeth Black, Erica Clash, and Kendra Onyx. And Fawn had Abora, Coco, Eva, Astrid, and Yavska, who unfortunately has returned back to the depths of hell. Um, but Damn it. Janet. Martian, Martian, Martian. <laughs> Well, before we get into the episode, what's been going on? What's the 411? I feel like there's been a lot of things happening in TV and media. I've been too busy to watch anything, really. But have y'all been keeping up with things? There's so much drag TV right now. Too much. And like, so we've got UK ver- or UK season four. Yeah. U- there's so much. UK versus season four. <laughs> Rip Dakota Schiffer. Oh. Yeah, for real. I Sorry, love Dakota spoiler. so much. And then, why haven't they fucking sent John home yet? 
I don't know why you hate Jomber's Blonde so much. I there are a lot of reasons. I mean, they're just they're fine. They're put, bad. Put some respect on JB. Rue likes to keep the ugly queens longer than <laughs> she should. Well, then I would do just fine. <laughs> You're better at makeup than that. Okay, you know how to blend. I, I mean, I try. I try. Um, the only thing that's really stuck out to me this week from things in media were, I mean, aside from the whole uh, Elon Musk eight dollar. Um, Twitter verification. Oh my God. The Doja cat tweets about yeah, it. That's been, super Oh my fun. God. Um, yeah. I mean, it really, it's been social media for me. Cause I like any chance I get, I run to the restroom. I'm like on Twitter, but you know, everyone's getting verified or pretending to be, yeah, that too. On porn Twitter. Mm-hmm. On my alt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I, I'm, I'm loving seeing where people get verified and they change their name and they're like some giant corporation like who was it lily i think that they they run insulin like giving like selling insulin to people right and so someone made an account got it verified through twitter blue and then said insulin is all free now and then their stock dropped like it took a huge dip and so i mean insulin should be free it should be i just love that elon musk is to blame for corporations losing money and there's been like people change their name to donald trump and like tweet out all kinds of like (laughs) who wants to see the pp (laughs) kind of shit and it's just like i love the chaos that has ensued twitter is like going downhill fast yeah i've had I'm, I am going to be the captain of this sinking ship, sharing my nudes <laughs> on my alt account until <laughs> the kingdom comes. Um, but also my drag sis uh, from Camp Wanakiki, Coco Chanel, she had some viral TikToks and reels recently. Oh, So yeah, I think one of her videos on Instagram is actually almost at 1 million views. So like, shout out to her. This is amazing. She's super famous now. We you love know. that. Uh, yeah. I love Coco. It's just her reacting to people being stupid. And honestly, I think that's... We, we should have had... The way that they have Coco Kane and Dragula Titans rolling her eyes all the time. I feel like if we got that with Coco, like our Coco in Camp Wanakiki, perfection. Chips, I mean, yes. Coco always had my favorite stuff to say back to the <laughs> sugar bakers. <laughs> yeah, You wanted me to tell you a joke, so I told you a funny joke. <laughs> it's still the highlight of the season for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Angel, what what you been going through this week? What's going on? What's the four one one? Um, emotional turmoil. Um, of course, I've seen the Twitter stuff. I try not to get involved with like the controversial stuff on social media. Fair. I just I'm here for the memes and not getting messaged back by verified people on Instagram. <laughs> Aren't we all? That's what we all live for, I think. <laughs> Slay. Okay, well, are you ready to jump into this episode? I'm surprised you didn't want to complain about Call Me Mother before we jumped in. Uh, you know, I feel like I did so much last week. I mean, if you haven't watched Call Me Mother, yet again, they eliminated another... They did another double elimination. So, on Call Me Mother, they on the first episode, they eliminated three people. On the second episode, they eliminated two. And now they're eliminating two again on the third episode on the third episode also the fact that alaska was on call me mother and dragula this week yeah that was kind of iconic crossover queen more than jay jolie um (laughs) yeah i was pretty bummed about it i mean my my the person i was really rooting for uh, did get eliminated on call me mother but um yeah my two faves are gone i know they have a a bright future so 
It's going to be fine. Newfound Lad followed me back on Instagram, though. <gasps> oh, hi, Newfound Lad. Friend of the pod. Yeah, we should have them on sometime. Okay, so this episode starts, and everyone is entering the... What do we decide it's called? This is the boudoir, right? Yeah, the boudoir. Not the cauldron. The cauldron is where they spill they the stir tea. They stir the pot. And stir the pot. Okay, work. So they're in the boudoir, and they're waiting for Kendra or Yavska to walk back in when the conversation starts um, with Melissa clarifying that she was not in the bottom last week. She was safe. Now, are we going to have this every week? Is Eve about to do this next week? <laughs> like, first we had Erica be like, I don't really think I was in the bottom. And now Melissa's saying that. Is Eva going to say that next week? Maybe. Because it's going to get real old real quick. I don't think Eva would, would say that. Angel, what do you think? I don't know. I feel like there might be a prompt from production mm. to be like that, just to stir up some shit talking. Yeah, that's likely. I feel like there is a lot of production mingling in these conversations that are going on. Um, like the one with Abora versus Erica, it just seemed very forced that they were fighting. You know, I don't know. I, f- I felt like neither of them really cared <laughs> about yeah. the, the curse. Um, I don't know. What did you think about that fight? It was just there. It's just like I the Abora versus XYZ is just kind of old at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because it just Abora all versus seems, the world. It all just seems Abora versus the underworld. There we go. Ooh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> Spooky, but in a fun way. That button. It's it's gotten a lot of attention lately. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. This the whole Aborica Erica thing. Aborica. The whole Aborica thing, I it, it didn't really have that much impact for me. But the thing that really got me this episode was the whole conversation about whether Eva slash Astrid in some places was being two faced. Yeah. From like complaining about the love triangle and then also going and checking in on Abora. Um I, I did not get that at all. I didn't think it was two faced. I don't think so either. Like the the things that she said to Kendra, plus the things that she said in general, um, it, both can be true, right? Yeah. And then um, I don't know. She's a gun in for miscongeniality. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's one of those things you can definitely be over the drama, but also want to make sure your friend that is in the drama is okay. Like both right. can be true. Yeah, I I found that to be really strange coming from um, Melissa and it was M- Melissa, Kendra, and Coco, right? Yeah, I think the the, the alliance was the, were the ones really talking about it because um, it was it was seemed very clear to me like Eva is remaining neutral but still involved. You know, I think it's different from Erica who is just like not going to get involved with it at all. You know, because yeah. I haven't seen her get involved with that love triangle like whatsoever really. Also, just the fact that they like went into the cauldron, the three of them, to talk to get away mm. from like the drama of the love triangle talk and the first thing they talked about is the love triangle. <laughs> true, true. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. As they are talking about Eva getting... Uh, being two-faced, Kendra walks in wearing Yavska's hat. Um, <laughs> and of course, I don't want to have any cocoa erasure here because she did say that she thought it was Ofska for it was Ofska for Miss Yavska. And it was because Kendra walked in with her hat on. And um, yeah, so then that conversation continued where Kendra was like, Eva, you said one thing in front of everyone and then the, something different to me. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't really make a difference to me. 
Um, I just realized that's what I was talking about a second ago. I didn't even listen to like the love triangle talk. When um, <laughs> that starts happening, my brain just switches off. Oh yeah, it's like I don't, I don't care about this. No, <laughs> no, I feel you because like the artists, the artists are so talented this season. You know, they're they're amazing, immaculate performers, um, and they're bringing the drama without they they will bring drama without yeah. having to like force this love triangle down our throats. Exactly, and no one wants a love triangle forced down their throat unless they have consent. So we've, everyone moves over to the main stage so that they can learn about this week's Fright Feet. And we found out that the Fright Feet, or that the floor show, is going to be a sci-fi horror challenge. Yet again, another reference to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Did y'all see the episode title? Yeah. No. Sci-fi. Well, sci- science, science fiction, fiction horror, horror double, double feature. feature. And the opening song yes. of Rocky okay, Horror is yeah. science fiction double feature. So... Anyways, they're they're huge fans. Um, I was really excited for this, but I love sci-fi stuff. Are you a big sci-fi? Are you fans? just gonna go on Dragula now? Uh, absolutely not. No. Although I do think I could do this fright feed. I don't think I would have any issues with it at all. Would y'all? The gravit. The gra- well, we haven't caught over what the fright feed was. Oh yeah, it's the gravitron. Gravitron, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Vomitorium, which Disgusting! is. Yeah, so they like spin them around really fast, and like I think I would have been perfectly fine with this. I know a lot of people have issues with yeah. like spinning shit like that. For me, I'm like any day, all day, sign me up. Mm-hmm. I used to love when I would go to college parties in college mostly, <laughs> and then I would come home and still be a little intoxicated, and I would just close my eyes, and I felt like I was a giraffe throwing its head around. <laughs> You know, just really dizzy, like a roller coaster for free. So you would get on that thing and just whip your head around and have a great old time. Oh, yeah. I'd whip my hair back and forth. Mama. (laughs) I will say it's interesting that they said, like, you've got to last in it for three minutes without getting sick. And it very much seemed like somebody threw up. Mm -hmm. And yet they didn't get eliminated. Yeah. Do you think this happened in the same day? I don't know. I don't know. That sounded like a very confident (laughs) response. (laughs) Well, I have a lot of conviction. (laughs) A lot of conviction that I do not know. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I I don't know. It it seems like an easy edit for them to... For it to all, all be kind of done differently um, or, or done at different times, you know, because they just kind of had them walk back in being like, whoa, I'm still dizzy, you know. <laughs> so I I think that they maybe did it later on and they no one was really going to go this week um, if they got sick. No, you can't really help if your body just does that. Exactly. Um, but don't don't be weak. Don't, don't, don't be vomit. Weak. I would shit my pants. <laughs> Does this count? <laughs> um, okay, but one one thing I was wondering in week one, they told us that if you failed to do the fright feat, that the person uh, who was eliminated last would come back and take your place. Yeah, I was fully expecting Yovska to come back. Yeah, me too. So. What what now? It does is does that is that not real anymore, or is that real? Is it like the voting? Like was the voting was all of episode one just a fever dream? Maybe, or maybe it was also like if you got sick and had to dip out of doing it, like because Kendra did Ooh. stay in for mm. it the whole time. True. 
I mean, yeah. So that I makes wonder sense. if that like. Yeah, they didn't give up. Maybe their body was just like we're gonna expel some fluid, <laughs> but they <laughs> stayed anyway. It just it always takes me back to Erica in season two because she would vomit in almost every single extermination challenge and then just eat it like right away. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that like it wasn't even her throwing up, but she got down on her knees to look it up anyway, just uh, for nostalgia? Oh, probably, probably. I, I saw on Twitter though that uh, Erica actually did the vomitron thing like additional times because they needed more footage. Oh my god! And so she was just like, "Yeah, I'll go." <laughs> That's some shit that I would do. I know. Iconic behavior, honestly. She should win the whole thing. I really love Erica. Um, okay. So we get through the Fright Feet and everyone comes back and we are back in more drama right away. And honestly, it's too much. I think we need to take a break before we get into it again. I wish this love triangle would take a break. And we are back, and the contestants have re-entered the boudoir. And they're so dizzy. Oh, my God. I've got a throw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and they start talking about the love triangle again. So, Melissa, Coco, and Kendra are like, goodbye. (laughs) And they go to the cauldron. Um, And first thing that we see when they get into the cauldron is Kendra taking a swig right out of the bottle of the... Serve vodka. Serve vodka. Featuring... A canceled queen. No, they oh. don't have any of that. They only have three uh, queens serve flavors. They've got Alaska, Trixie, and Monet. That was definitely a blood orange one, though. Yeah, they have Sharon's turned around. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're drinking out of. Oh. Yeah. So that way it's not like on camera, but Kendra was just like, whatever. Because <laughs> I haven't seen Manila's or Trinity's at all. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> We've seen enough. <laughs> Amen. Damn right. <laughs> no one posts that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what did y'all think about this cauldron chat? This broke my heart. Yeah. Melissa, like finding out that not finding out Melissa opening up about her husband leaving her. Like, what was it? A week? Two yeah. weeks? Before, I think it was like a week. A week before leaving for Dragula. I can't imagine dealing with that and the stress of getting ready. I just, I'd show up with like 18 bodysuits and be like, I feel like I would just be numb. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, like I would set some shit on fire, honestly. Yeah. I mean, with prepping for camp, I mean, my husband made about half my shit, so <laughs> I would have been really up a creek. But you know, in that when you're in that mode and you're just like, okay, this is what I got to do next. This is what I got to do next. It's like if someone leaves, okay, bye. You know, well, I'll deal with this when I get back from filming. I guess um, you would. I, th- I feel like you would just have to shut that off. Like, yeah, I don't know how I'd be able to shut that off though. I feel like I would end up. I would have a breakdown, cry my eyes out, and then I would go like take my anger out somewhere because I'd probably get angry after that. Mm. It would make for some great TV, though. Yeah, that's probably why Melissa is like the confessional. Well, the second confessional queen of the season. I mean, Coco definitely is taking that crown, but Melissa's the runner-up. Um, yeah, I, I I really felt for her in this, and I was glad to see 
that she had that support system in Kendra and Coco. I also, you know, I don't know what their previous relationship is, but I thought it was interesting. All of them come from a different season, yet they all seem really close, the three of them. Um, and I'm, I, I wonder what it is, like what made these three just come together and, and unite like that. I mean, Kendra and Melissa are season one and two girls, and they were already close when they walked in. Like they talked about that episode mm. one. And Coco just kind of like snapped right on Fleshed into that on. group because like first episode, Coco and Melissa both were like in confessionals talking about how the other one has like an attitude and like, oh, I want to say on that person's good side. Mm. That's very smart of them. Yeah. So it's all it's all it's all strategic, but with love, it has benefits strategy with benefits. <laughs> Yeah, so then they come back in, and the love triangle is still talking about their shit. So Melissa, I think they end the night and then come in the next day, and they're talking about their outfits and how they're going to be, and how they made them, what their ideas are behind it, when they start making tinfoil hats. I really, really like that they go into detail about making their outfits. That's really cool. Um, the tinfoil hats, I do think that they could have explained a bit more about their techniques. <laughs> And their strategies and how to win the competition uh, regarding the tinfoil hats. Yes, yes. Yeah, we need more information on these tinfoil hats. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the most important thing that's happened this season. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I really like just getting, like the witches laugh at. Yeah, just like <laughs> I think they also had to make like robot sounds this time though, but they didn't air it the same way. Like Astrid and Victoria both made robot sounds. And I wonder if they did the same thing. They were like, okay, we just need some like B-roll. Can y'all make some sounds? Um, I thought that was, that was neat. But yeah, I, one of my favorite things about Dracula is getting to see how they make their stuff. And so many of them are just really independent with that. Yeah. Especially when you see people like Victoria, who is known for making her own things. And like we get a glimpse inside that creative mind of somebody that is like so extremely talented with sfx makeup in general and prosthetics and like working with a lot of those like silicone masks and stuff are hard to do and knowing that she can make that shit like honestly next level Mm-hmm. oh yeah what was it there was that one cutaway in this episode where they were like how are we supposed to compete with universal studios <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> if i remember right she does that like as part of her income is that she makes SFX pieces. Like I know that she makes breastplates. Really? For other queens, but I want to say that she like works for something non-drag related to um, where she's gotten all that talent for making prosthetics and things. I mean, she's Orlando based, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's yeah. for like one of the parks. Yeah, absolutely. She's got that level of skill. Interesting. I'm I'm obsessed with her. I'm so glad she's on my roster this season. Okay, so the next day they come back in and they're all getting ready for the show. And Abora seems a little off, um, but she seems upset-ish that people aren't checking on her. I don't know. Did y'all have any thoughts on that? I don't remember her getting upset that day for um, people not checking on her. I definitely remember it in the cauldron later. Mm. But I know that Eva did check on her and she did a little bit of self-reflection and was like, yeah, um, sometimes in the healing process, I do react with anger and I need to control that. And that did foreshadow something that happened later, unfortunately. But I also thought this was a good conversation that you don't see a lot in reality TV, you know, where someone actually has an introspective moment. A lot of times people just fight, 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 and that's all that gets aired. But someone taking that time to reflect on what has been said and feedback that they've been given. Um, 
about personal growth. I, I don't know. That was neat to me. And it was also that like the commentary of, I know when I lash out at people, all it does is it does nothing good because I end up immediately regretting it Yeah, kind of thing. And I think that's something most of us can relate to because we've all been there at some point and some of us still have those kind of tendencies. So, yeah, so true. And then we hear the chimes. And it's the floor show. <laughs> I don't know. They need a, they need a better intro that I can sing. That's not even like the floor show music. I know, but it's like it's like but right before their, they like, do it. That's their like switching between scenes. I just music. don't know how to make techno sounds with my voice. You know, it's like you know, it's just always random. Yeah, just squishing sounds. Um, Gen Z drag names. <laughs> Whatever Angel Grimes' baby way. name is. <laughs> oh, X Ash Archangel. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who? What? What? Say again. Okay, Grimes and Elon Musk had a baby, and um, oh, yeah. the baby's name is like incomprehensibly spelled, but it's pronounced like X Ash Archangel, and they just <laughs> call him X. And then, then I believe Grimes had like a girl with another weird name. <laughs> okay, so go get Twitter Blue so that that child can have an allowance. Um, Okay, so we're at the floor show, and what did y'all think of the Boulet's outfits this week? I thought they were fun. It was very much um, that, like, take the drag standard of Abraham Levy corsetry, but, like, make it Boulet's and Mm. kind of... That was cool. A little bit elevated, and I liked, like, the rusty details on it. Also, have you noticed the Boulet's this season have been wearing the same color hair every episode? I have. Yeah, they've, like, really solidified that brand of the white hair. And this is like the first one that they didn't have that black streak in it, too. Oh, you're right. I, I also loved just like the classic silver in their outfits, as well as Alaska Thunderfuck 5000, who was one of the guest judges this week. Um, I thought that was fun. But then we also had uh, Darren. Oh, not just kidding. Not Darren Stein. The, uh, David Dastmal. Yeah, that. There it is. Thank you. We're just going to have to bring you on to help us learn how to pronounce things, Angel. (laughs) (laughs) But David is the star of Dark Knight, Ant-Man, Suicide Squad. Dune. Dune. Uh, The star? I don't know. Who was he? I I don't know. See, that's like, I'm I'm not trying to be shady. I just don't remember. I think he like was just in a lot of those movies. However, he was Polka Dot Man and suicide squad like the second suicide squad movie okay slay work i have that's the only one of those i hadn't seen and i which is unusual for me because like normally i have not seen any of the movies people are talking about but they were saying some like huge ones i was like i've definitely seen all of these i've never recognized this guy um but anyways welcome to the stage david i was just really excited to see alaska she always looks so stunning and i really enjoyed this look i just really want the boule's headpiece oh the like Oh, the little um, Hunter Schaefer at the Met Gala yeah. silver nose piece. I like really that want. Really cool. I saw someone on Twitter talking about um, their necklaces are from Amazon. Yeah. yeah. 
Which is funny because they they clock Eva for wearing something that was store made, but of course they're not in the competition, so who cares? Right. I well, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on that. Well, let's talk about it when we get into critiquing um, or the critiques from the judges. But for now, we are going to get into our flopping and fawning segment. So, Angel, here at Flapping and Fawning, we have a very sophisticated system for deciding whether or not we like or dislike the looks that are presented on the stage. Very sophisticated. Very sophisticated. If it's good, it's a flap. If it's bad, it's a fawn. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty close. (laughs) If we love it, it's a... Fawn. And if it's not our favorite, it's a... Flop. But if it's our absolute favorite thing that we have ever seen, it is a... Fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Right. Rules are simple enough. Very sophisticated. And first to the stage, I see an icon in Astrid. Okay. Oh, is Astrid's name a pun? I saw someone on Twitter say Astrid I'll rail ya. I I don't think so. No. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it is a very cool name. It it is cool. All right. What did you think of this look? How would you describe it? Um... A very, well, everything she does is reptilian, but you can definitely see it in this piece. Um, Reptilian, alien, spiky. I don't know. I don't have a lot of, like, really descriptive words for it, but I think it's fucking cool. It is fucking cool. I, I just loved the silhouette of it. It oh, like yeah. when when they started with this silhouette, I was like, "What am I about to see?" Yeah, like, it's very very interesting. And the, the way the piece. eyes would kind of glow. Yeah, she had um, her Wild West look that she didn't get to preview on her season. Also had the same eyes incorporated into it, and that's something that um, I think is a really cool thing to bring into your drag. Often, like a consistent. A theme. A theme of having like multiple eyeballs. Mm. Yeah, that is really neat. Um, Yeah. Okay. So is this a flop or a fawn for y'all? This is a a good. This is a fawn for me. (laughs) Work. Fawn. Fawn. And a fawn for me as well. Congratulations, Astrid. Next to the stage, we have Coco Kane. Coco is wearing what she calls a futuristic sex work. Sex worker look. (laughs) Uh, she definitely wanted to say hooker, but couldn't, which is <laughs> which is totally fine. I'm glad we're acknowledging that. But it's very sexy, like armored, thong, blaster on the hand. And she rode that blaster. Ready for my salad? I, I wasn't ready for that. She sure did. I thought that was very sexy. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of like Cyborg for people familiar with DC Comics. It yeah. was just like take Nerds. Cyborg and make it like femme fatale and it was just like Coco. It was so good. It this was, is my favorite thing Coco's done all season. And it's very her brand in a way that's like very put together. Like obviously a lot of work went into it, but it's still that that Coco silhouette and the thong yeah it was, tits out it, it, in some ways it was very minimalistic but it had a high impact which i really enjoyed um i mean the, the fleshlight on their hand was not minimalistic at all but and the belay said that she made that in three hours oh i can't imagine i can hardly do anything in three hours how did they know that like surely she didn't make it there in the i mean she could have that's amping up your know. camp that's right a there a lot of shit 
<clears throat> I, I know how like I don't understand how you how you make something like that right there, but maybe that's what where the tinfoil came from. Um Okay, so is this a flop or a fawn for y'all? It's a fawn. Big fawn. Fawn for me as well. Congrats, Coco. Next to the stage, Erica Clash. Coco! <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm so like shocked at this one. Like we were consistently like throughout Erica's time on TV. We were getting the same uh, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I thought she'd hit the ceiling with her aesthetic and that it wouldn't get her very far. And then she comes out in this and it's like, wow, you really elevated elevated this. It's still the, the Erica brand, Erica aesthetic, but it's so big and detailed and cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I was really impressed with her. Yeah. Not impressed with the drop crotch, but... <laughs> This was one of the things that it is not what we would expect for Erica, but it very much makes sense for Erica. And like, I don't lose Erica in this. And one of the mm. like details that I noticed on the screen is it almost looked like some of those, the scales on the clothing looks almost like they might've been applied individually. Oh, really? Cause that, that was my, my biggest piece of feedback for it was aside from the drop, crotch and like the, the bodysuit not quite fitting right on the on the bottom half um i, I think it, it needed more texture you know uh, on the actual body itself because that the top half and the the arm pieces and the head piece they're so detailed with the wings um i think it would have taken it even one step farther if it had all those details like the same way she encrusted her witch look with uh candy you know i wish she had taken that same level of encrusting this with something else you know i think that would have been really really neat Come. yeah but she at least <laughs> had like more of a concept with this look true i do think she could have benefited from like some more detailing on the bottom half like maybe a a bulkier shoe with some uh wing detailing mm. or something yeah those green elements kind of get lost just in the top half or, or, or remain only in the top half yeah but it's okay it still slays Absolutely. Is this a flop or a fawn for y'all? It's a fawn. Same. Fawn for me as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed that Erica look. When she came out, I was like, it was early on, and I was like, I, I turned to my partner and was like, oh my God, she could win this. You know, this was so good. But then we saw how much everyone had elevated for this one, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe she's safe. Uh, <laughs> but next to the stage, we had Abora. I could talk about this look for 15 minutes. Go for it. It is so stunning. Um, I do understand that it's not necessarily sci-fi, but she did reference cosmic horror specifically. Mm -hmm. So being an all-powerful, um, unsmiling god is just so cool. And actually, um, nobody's going to get this, but um, nerdy people with mental illness. <laughs> but especially in her floor show, I saw maybe some references to the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion which oh, is cool. a sci-fi anime that threw in a lot of uh, religious elements just because it looked cool. Like, um, Christianity doesn't have a huge presence in Japan, so they were just like, crucifixion, red moon, slay. <laughs> she really got into it. Um, I saw on her story that um, she completely made the pattern and drafted the dress in her apartment based on um, an Alexander McQueen piece, which is so really? cool. Um, actual taxidermied headpiece, the chains, biting the dove. Um, 
this is just one of the best things that I've ever seen on the show, personally. I, I felt that this did meet the sci-fi critique, per, or like the, the sci-fi mark, personally. I mean, it may not be like space and aliens, but in, in some ways, I think angels are kind of alien-like. I don't know. I would not have docked her for that if I was on that judging panel. Because um, I, I when I first saw it, I immediately thought of the biblically accurate angels, right? Like, isn't that... Yeah also kind of what's being referenced here. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, that was exactly where my mind went and I, and I got it right away. Um, but the way that she also did it made it even more sci-fi. And it's probably because of those references. I think that you're, you're talking about there, um, from the anime Fawn, Did you have any other thoughts on it? I mean, I really like this look. Obviously I'm a huge Abora fan. I mean, she was the first person that I picked for my roster. But I can see, especially compared to everybody, well, most everybody else, how it might not have instantly read sci-fi compared to a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, that being said, I still think this is a fucking incredible look. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so is it a flop or a fawn for y'all? It's the one that's above a fawn. <gasps> Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Ooh, congrats, Abora. A fetch. Fawn, what about you? This one's a fawn for me. This one is also going to be a fawn for me as well. But yeah, I, I thought about fetching this one too. It's it's very, very impressive. Next to the stage. Grandmother bitch! Run her her check. Where's her money? Grandmother bitch. What'd y'all think about Kendra Onyx? The look wasn't there for me. No, I, I didn't yeah. think this was good at all. Like, and she was like the sci-fi horror element is that it's that she needs her fucking check and it's horrible. She doesn't have it, and I'm just like, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I kind of felt like she was a. I could see her maybe in like an Avengers movie, you know, on like another planet. You know how they have, you know, purple people eaters you know and stuff like that on yeah. these other planets and there are a lot of times they're at, at the club uh, that's kind of how i i pictured this it was it was lacking that horror it, element it feels like an outfit that she might have already had and mm. she painted herself purple i i do like it though if i saw it at the club i would enjoy it yeah but this isn't the club this is dragula you're right astrid said that it looked like she was performing in west hollywood <laughs> i will say too when Kendra left the boudoir before coming back, like that day mm. before coming back, had a different wig in hand. And it was that like neon, the turquoise into that like lime green on the end kind of wig. Yeah. And so like, I wonder if somebody gave her this wig or what that wig was supposed to be for. I heard that this was the same wig that, uh, like she had the same style of wig here that the boules had for something else. Um, and so, I mean, I doubt that the boules let her borrow her wig, <laughs> but uh, she I mean, stole it out of the dressing room. Good that oh my God. There's actually this video uh, from season three of camp one Kiki. They just shared it on their socials where two of the, co- the contestants, um, she need this gig and queen Faraz took the sugar bakers wigs and they're wearing it. But then they hear the sugar bakers like rounding the corner. And so you just see the camera be like, Oh shit. <laughs> you know, they drop it. <laughs> so, I mean, can you imagine the gumption of like snatching your judges wigs and then wearing it on the runway? That'd be amazing. That'd be kind of iconic. Really? <laughs> I know. I'd be like, give this person the win for the challenge. Right. 
Something else I did uh, just remember is that originally in her floor show, she was going to insert the eggs into herself. <gasps> yes. That she hatched and wasn't allowed to do that. Would, would that have elevated the look? No. It would have uh, made the it more show was still really good. Mm-hmm. It would have been more camp, but I, th- I think she still would have been in the bottom. And I, I meant to say earlier, that is exactly what we wanted Opal to do in her first talent show of Camp Wanakiki. She was the parrot queen, and she should have laid an egg. Kendra did the job. <laughs> okay. Is this a flop or a fawn for y'all? This is a flop. It's a flop, but I want to hang out with her. Yeah, it's a flop for me, Kendra. Sorry, Kendra. Hopefully, Grandmother Bitch will get you your money. Next up, we have Hoso Teratoma. Something Hoso does really, really well, um, and that I, I want to incorporate into my own drag, is that she customizes the fuck out of her looks. Like, she's got so much stuff on, and everything that she's put on has been, like, painted and distressed like as far as it could possibly go with it still being recognizable and it's all always still very recognizably ho so yep i think that's what make her makes her recognizable is that you see this cool silhouette with so much shit on her (laughs) that you're like that could not be anyone else she's just known for that level of craftsmanship and it's like one of those things too there's a lot of people that I feel like it would almost read as too much on, but it doesn't on Hoso. Because she brings it with like her energy, too. Yeah. yeah. The She wears the garment, but her garments would wear a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I Now, for this look, she was a, like a Harajuku robot. Am I, you know, I guess I hope I'm understanding those references. I believe she described it as um, schoolgirl school in the girl. future. She did have on the plaid skirt mm. and there was some um, Harajuku-esque layering on her legwear and of course the the Hosa wig is kind of stereotypically uh, early 2000s. Yeah. Very Erica uh, Clash. Oh yeah, but Erica was like, <laughs> damn, she won doing my shit. I know. <laughs> um, That's my wig. I will say something about this one. I, I wasn't really crazy about it. Like it was, it was fine. Um, it, it didn't stick out as much to me. I was kind of surprised that she won. I, I didn't think she deserved it in the bottom or anything, but I, I wasn't so obsessed with it. For for me, this was one that I loved the look. And looking at the look, I could see how it fit the challenge, but also at the same time, looking at the look, I wouldn't be able to tell you what the challenge was, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it fits the brief, but I couldn't tell you what, if I didn't know what the brief was, I couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah. And I, I don't know, for for some reason, this was one I just, I couldn't really get very excited about. So I am going to lightly flop this one. Um, (gasps) I know. Sorry, Hoso. Uh oh. It just it it wasn't the one for me. It wasn't my She's cup. She's on of your tea. roster. Too. She is. She is, and that doesn't take away anything <laughs> for me because she still won. But I was I was like, oh no. I I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't like it as much. I'm giving it a fawn. I'm giving it a fawn. Nice. Congrats, Hoso. Two fawns, which is normally the standard here. Flapping and fawning. Next to the stage, we have another robot from uh, who is a friend of Jeff Bezos, apparently. Eva Destruction. Not that slight read. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this look? 
it I I'm really disappointed in it. Um it's not really cohesive in any way. Um it's such a structured outfit underneath the apron. The apron doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like we get it, she's kind of a janitor, but it's covered in blood and the rest of her isn't. And then you have such a like you have a wig with so much movement and softness to it that it doesn't match like the the really structured yeah. costume. And yeah. then she doesn't have much height to the wig. So it doesn't look yeah. good. That I wish the wig had a little bit more height. And especially with the styling of the wig and then throwing in the robot, it gives a little bit of a Stepford Wives kind of moment. Mm. Um, so it really know. would have been cooler if she leaned into that. Yeah. I thought the funniest thing was when they talked about how if Eva is going to be on the stage, the floor is going to be damn clean. Next week, she's coming out with a Roomba. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yes. That I, was really funny. I, that was hilarious to me. My favorite part of the episode, honestly. The thing that impressed me the most about this performance was probably her, the way she moved her body, you and know? Eyes. And the, the eyes. The performance. Yeah. Eva's always going to give you a performance. And, and for me, that, it, whatever, however much I didn't really like the look, that, elevated it in a way like really just the way it, she really sold it to me um I, I could picture her in whatever sci-fi setting she would be at do, mopping or whatever it was you know I, I could really see that clearly in my head um so and overall i liked it so it's gonna be a light fawn for me and i will say for eva one thing that she has managed to do every episode is she changes it up her makeup to fit the challenge yeah that's nice but yeah it still is unmistakably eva true she does have like this really identifiable eye shape and i think that's how we kind of always know that it's eva Mm. i don't know what it is like i think it's her natural eye shape she's like a very beautiful attractive person underneath True. her makeup so it kind of just yeah she that's what's so recognizable i feel like her bone structure like it just happens to fall in a way that looks very very recognizable through the makeup too yeah. okay so is this a flop or a phone for y'all <sighs> it's a flop <gasps> a flop from angel i think yeah it might be a light flop for me oh wow okay well just one fawn eva we're friends uh, you gave it a flop i found it I lightly found oh. it. I did. Reroll the tape. <laughs> Next to the stage, we have Melissa B. Fierce as a sexual predator. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so she looks really cool. I'm going to fawn it, but... <laughs> sexual harassment on heels. Oh, my God. Melissa B. Fierce. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> we need to edit that out. Bestie, she's going to unfollow you. <laughs> she doesn't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably don't even listen to the pod down there anyways. Not like me. Not like me <laughs> listening to it all the time. <laughs> yeah, Angel's our biggest fan. Listen to every episode. Yeah. <laughs> what did y'all think of this Melissa look? So she looks really cool, but um, I I have some weird feelings about her wearing twists on the headpiece. Mm. Like, originally the Predator was supposed to look... Um, really tribal and they chose to give the predator in the movies um locks 
and he's supposed to be kind of like savage. So I thought that was a, mm. like a a weird choice to make. I personally, if I had done this look, would have used um, tubular mesh, like the cyber locks. Oh, that would have been a good choice. And it would have been more sci-fi as well. Like I'm not going to fault her because it's based on reference material. Yeah. But I, I do, that is something that I noticed and I personally wouldn't have done. I'm very impressed with the makeup on this. Like, oh, yeah. holy hell. Like, how, how do you completely restructure your face like that? I mean, I realize she has prosthetics on, but just like that, that eye makeup where she has done all the detailing on her forehead to perfectly blend it into that headpiece. I was really impressed with this because, I mean, it, it looked like the Predator from the movie just with a really sparkly bodysuit on, you know? And then she, of course, did her uh, classic Melissa death drop that she did so much in season one. Um, <laughs> so I would, did y'all think that this met the critique, though, that they were talking about from the previous week? Remind me. They, you know, they talked about that. They, they kept her on stage. And the reason that she was safe and not in the bottom was because they only wanted to give her the critique that they still wanted that dark beauty from Melissa. They didn't want her trying to change up her drag style for this show. Um, and in some ways I see, I think it did like with the bodysuit, but in other ways, I don't know. I feel like she maybe brought what she brought <laughs> and we're going to get a lot of prosthetics this season. Yeah. She's still wearing prosthetics and they mentioned that that like wasn't something they were, it, that's not something Melissa is known for. And yet we're three for three on prosthetics from Melissa so far. Um, they're asking for authenticity, but they, they've casted some people who changed their aesthetic to be on the show. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of an unfair thing to say to Melissa. Um, do I think she's bringing dark beauty? No. Is it beautiful? Yeah. It's a beautiful look. I always love a bodysuit that's like rhinestones like this though. Oh yeah. That's like rhinestoned. Like you can tell this was airbrushed and then rhinestoned. To match the airbrush, probably. If somebody asked me to stone something like that, I'd just quit drag. <laughs> I would... Let's face it, I would probably be the one that would try to stone something like this. Oh, true. And it would only take three months. Um, <laughs> okay, so is this a flop or a fawn for Melissa? It's a fawn. Fawn. Fawn for me as well. Last but certainly not least to the stage, we have, all the way from Universal Studios, Victoria Elizabeth Black as the thing jesus fucking christ <laughs> this <laughs> right here is my favorite of the night yeah i okay i've seen the thing like the original one um and so i i, I totally get the reference and i i really enjoyed like the look i i kind of wish that there was something different on the bottom half though i will say i not necessarily with the shoes but um you don't like pants. No, it's not that I don't like pa- it, pants. It's just on the runway. It's just a little, a little plain for a, a look like this. You know, like the, the top is so good, and I totally see why she won. But I think it would have been nice to have maybe some of the, some of that incorporated to the bottom half. It just feels a little disjointed. Um, I like the disjoining me. because um, the mutation is supposed to be like a really sudden, horrible thing, and you kind of get a story mm, true. that maybe she was just like working and then a mutation happened and it provides that high contrast to give a story to it. Yeah. What, 
what would she, what do you think that she should have worn instead of like pants and combat boots? Maybe, maybe not the, I think the combat boots are fine. Cause I know she said that she couldn't even balance that in heels, which I totally get. I think maybe if there had been, uh, uh these, the same sort of, what is this? A prosthetic, like j- j- jutting out of the legs, you know? So it, it, you still have the, the color. So like overall, the color is more, uh, the color themes are more, um, fluid throughout the whole look does that make sense what i'm saying yes but i disagree okay i also disagree i think the contrast is important unless like she was just gonna like carry that all the way down to the legs and then like have regular fake legs sticking off too and then have a giant penis in the middle a giant, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the only way that i'd dumb. want it's a campy thing <laughs> put a dick on it <laughs> I I can I can respect that. Um, okay, so any other thoughts about this look? I fetched this. Fetch. I fetched this. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to fawn it. I really like it, but I think I'm going to hold out for hold out my fetch for a little bit longer. Um, for the end. I know. Not. I don't mean for this episode, but I mean just. I don't know. I, I haven't given a fetch in a while for Titans. Yeah, I think we didn't I'm just give on to it. We didn't give one last episode for the witches. I just haven't been really impressed with any of the looks until this, this, yeah, this episode. Mm, nice. I mean, there are certainly some, some on here that are fetch worthy, so no judgment from me. Okay. So we've done our floor show and that was a lot, Robin. That was a lot, Robin. Let's take a break. Come and get this bird seed, Mama. We're back. We're back. <laughs> back again. We're scorping like a chirping like a bird. Oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> uh, we never should have let that leave our book. <laughs> even fucking say it. Okay, so we just got through the floor show, and now we're hearing the critiques and judging results. Um, what stuck out to you from the critiques? I'm curious. Um, I mean, definitely Eva, the one about Amazon that we yeah. talked about. We're in that damn Amazon necklace that I do want, though. Yeah. It's I a know, cute, it's necklace. cute. Whole necklace. But I thought you were saying something interesting earlier, though, about it, does that really count? Because like, a lot of people are reading the boulets for that, but... I don't know, but they're on the different side of the table. So that doesn't matter as much to me. I think it's um, like if you're going to wear a a mail order piece, I don't think there's anything wrong with wearing a mail order piece, but that was something like, that was like her costume, her big costume. And it was on Amazon. Like maybe if she had customized it or incorporated the, the armor like directly to the bodysuit, it would have been a different story. Or even like added some wire under like actual wire mm. to add dimension. Electrocuted herself. Yeah. Something. Yeah, she she should have had a fucking taser. <laughs> <laughs> um and like also it's different having something that is like the actual costume, like Angel said, and having it be just like an accessory, just one small element. Yeah. What, one thing that they also talked about in the critiques was Astrid's movements, like the way she moved her body. Um, yeah, I I agree. 
Because Wait, you agree with the critique or I agree with the critique because oh. there was moments that Astrid had these really good moments that felt right and then all of a sudden it felt like she was performing Britney Spears at the club. I've looked at videos of her performing before and she's just kind of chaotic like that. That's just kind of what she does. Yeah, I don't know. When 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 they showed the clip that they were talking about of her, it didn't bother me at all. I literally had thought that the first time that I watched the floor show, so I was pleased to hear the Boulay say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Well, good. I'm glad. Um, and then also that with Erica, they said that she was completely unrecognizable, which I I agree with. And thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't unfollow me on Instagram. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm honestly so careful with what I say about Erica. I do. I love her so much, but she, she's one of the only ones who follows me. So I don't oh, I've that. got Dolly following me. Oh wow! Well, you've worked with them. Yeah, Dolly and Jade and Majesty, all the ones that I've worked with, basically. Look at you, follow me. Oh, wait, Loris also follows me, but they're not on Titan, so I guess it still counts. Okay. Anyways, w- w- was there anything else that stuck out to you all from these critiques? Um. No, I guess yeah. not. They like went in on Abora, but it was also like, this is one of the best. I did like how when they were critiquing Abora, they were like, this is fantastic. Please For know, a different runway. <laughs> please know literally what we are saying is not a critique on this as a piece. It's a critique on how it like, they like really emphasized that with Abora. And they were like, we really want you to go into fashion design after this because this is brilliant. And, like, they really took the time to, like, hammer that in with Abora. With the the pictures of when she was making that, the whole bodice is, like, strips. Mm. Like, it's it's made kind of like a corset is, where there were, like, 20-something strips of fabric that are just sewn and shaped together, and that's incredible. Um, I'll never stop talking about how much I love that bitch, but... <laughs> Yeah, you've you've worked with Abora uh, before, right? I've worked with Abora a couple of times. Um, I she Tara Risen, who is from Birmingham, um, she doesn't perform a whole lot anymore, but uh, she became friends with Abora um, between season one and season two, and um, I followed Abora because I just fell in love with her immediately, and then. Um, she followed me back at some point and every time I've met her, it's just like, it just feels like a friendship and she's so sweet to me. Oh, I'm so glad. Abora is one of those really great ones. And honestly, let me tell you my percentage of like great interactions with Dragula contestants versus drag race I have had so many better interactions with Dragula mm, people yeah. than Drag Race. And I've had some great Drag Race interactions. It's just, I've not had a bad Dragula interaction. No. I've worked with Madeline, and she's uh, super sweet and personable. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I, I hadn't <laughs> even seen her season until like the day I was supposed to perform with her. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> Priscilla's really cool. Um and then I've also worked with Bitter Betty, and Bitter Betty ended up being um, really cool as well. Nice. Person. I mean, we worked with James and Majesty, James Majesty and Loris, um, but I have not really worked with a lot of people from TV. Because I've worked so. with Majesty, Abora, Dolly, 
Jade, and Priscilla. Look at y'all with the resumes. This is amazing. Let, let me tell you a weird one. Back when I first started <laughs> drag, um, one of my first shows, which was in 2017, Jaden Dior Fierce was also booked. Oh, it was really weird to have her there, but she's like really sweet. Nobody really. Talks oh, about Jaden her Dior anymore. Fierce is one of my faves, and I've worked with her a few times. Yeah. and like, let me tell you, she is one of the most sweet. We had her at Pride this year. Yeah, and like immediately, like because of I've gone out to eat with her just about every time she's been in town. And like, so she's, she literally calls me. She's like, Hey sister, anytime she sees me and like, just pulls me aside and talks to me. She's oh, one of wow. the absolute sweetest. Yeah. I really like her. She's started doing a lot of high camp, um, which I am obsessed with. I would love to see her as like a, a guest judge on camp on or, uh, even back on our TVs with I drag race back on all stars. And she's, I'm pretty sure she would do it work we need more of her she was one of my faves on season seven honestly yeah she's she's pretty iconic but speaking of iconic lists of drag queens and things we have this judging results list so in the top we have victoria hoso coco and astrid um first we find out that our safe entertainers are melissa and erica erica looked a little pissed to be safe um and I don't know if you'll notice that, but I did. And then our bottoms were Eva, Kendra, and Abora. So did y'all agree with these tops and bottoms? Actually, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It made sense, honestly. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I agreed with it as well, for the most part. Um, I, I think we found out that it was a double feature for a win. So both Hoso and Victoria uh, received a win, which is whoop, big props for my roster, my roster, my roster, uh, a double win. Love that. Um, but yeah, I, I could see Hoso or, or Astrid or Coco really getting that win. But Victoria, that was definitely sealing yeah. the deal. Uh, when they announced the Hoso one, I was like, wait, really? <laughs> Over Victoria. That was Over so impressive. Victoria? Um, yeah, and so we find out as well that our bottoms are like the ones up for extermination are Kendra and Abora. I was honestly expecting a double elimination. I know I'm jumping a little ahead here, but really? when they did the double win, I was fully kind of expecting a double elimination, especially with like when they got into their individual critiques. Yeah. I I wouldn't have been surprised if like Eva and Abora had switched places. Like Abora had gotten a slap on the wrist, but being safe, and then Eva being up for extermination. Do you think that maybe they thought we would be biting our nails more at home if it was Abora and Kendra because they have a more similar track record? Yeah, and Abora is a fan favorite. Is she? There's a lot of people that are not liking Abora this season. Well, I don't care about them. <laughs> no, I think she's definitely a fan favorite. I mean, it, there's I people who she, don't like her, but I think a lot of people are mad that people are who 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 do consider her a fan favorite are so apologetic for how she's done so far. Um, I mean, I will say yeah. that I am myself a Abora apologist. So, <laughs> welcome to the AA meeting. Um, <laughs> okay, but before we find out who actually. Uh, took a hike this week. We go into took a hike. <laughs> Sorry. This ain't camp. <laughs> Before we find out who went back into the depths of hell or whatever the hell, uh, the we move into the cauldron to stir the pot. So, what's the call to you on the cauldron? I really enjoyed um, Astrid. Like, 
<laughs> Please stand. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> For that. So Astrid Nabora had like a little forgiveness moment before the floor show. And then during the floor show, Astrid like ripped into a Bora for reasons that uh, completely <laughs> escaped me. And then she was immediately a huge bitch to a Bora in the cauldron and just re- said a lot of really bratty things. Yeah. And then talked about how she wasn't a brat and all this other shit. And they played the the national anthem behind it. <laughs> and that was so fucking funny. I was like over the monologue, but the editing of it is what made right. it so entertaining. <laughs> and then cutting to the girls, like taking a drink during it. Like, oh my God. And also at one point being like, I can't compete with Universal Studios. <laughs> Talking about Victoria. And then also be like saying like, and I couldn't wear flats in this look. And just like. Yeah, the randomness. Also, she, when she was like, when she made the brat comment, um, Coco also leaned in and was like, "But you do have bratty behavior, though." That's true. <laughs> uh, and, but that was coming over from the table that Abora and Kendra were sitting at, where they were sitting on their own, just kind of like, no one cares that we're in the bottom. It's like no, no one's really talking to to us about this. Even um, made a comment about how she was in the bottom and had to be worried about herself in that moment and couldn't check on Abora. Like, girl, you're safe. Yeah, you're safe. You oh. don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, that was just uh, that whole interaction with everybody being like, I'm so insecure when they're safe. And you have Kendra and Abora over here afraid that they're about to go home. Yeah, that cauldron was like a weird. It was it was just really like rude. Yeah, the energy was odd. Everything in there. That's a lot of feelings for safe. <laughs> I will say though, I I kind of like on the one hand, I don't think Astrid should have gone on this long monologue, right, talking about herself so much while they they are potentially about to go home. But in some ways, Abora and Kendra have already had their moment where people said their goodbyes in earlier episodes. So I think it's okay to focus on other things a little bit more. Yeah, but I don't care about hearing somebody upset because they didn't win a challenge when they were in the fucking top. True, true. I also loved when like Erica was complaining about being safe and it cuts to a confessional of Victoria and she's like, some of these people are really upset about being safe and I'd be happy if I was safe bringing something that wasn't up to par. (laughs) <laughs> that could have been something that she said um, about Astrid as well. Yeah. Like, she obviously brought something up to par, but, like, if they had just cut that part out, it could have been shaded Astrid. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it's the moment of truth. The uh, They ask Kendra and Abora to return to the main stage. As they, oh, wait. Oh. We didn't talk about the, like, Abora. The blow up. The blow up. Oh, boom! <laughs> um, because when they came over, they everybody started giving their opinion on who they thought was going to go home. Oh, yes. And it was all the people that thought Kendra was going to go home first. And then Melissa is like, Abora, no offense. I just don't think you really fit the challenge. And then Erica chimes in, and it feels really personal when Erica yeah. was going in. And then Astrid just lays the fuck in on air on abora and was just like you're you have no confidence and the lack of confidence is ego and all this stuff and then abora's just like whatever fuck you cunts 
And then like she was like, "You better hope I go home this week." Well, it was like she gets up, Abora gets up, and then the cuts to a confessional. And when it comes back, Abora's on the other side of the couch, and it's just like, "You better hope that I'm not. I don't come back." And everybody is like, "Whatever, girl. I can't believe you just said that." Like those kind of reactions. And I'm like, "What did they cut out?" We missed some important information in there. Mm. I just, I, for me, the thing that stuck out the most was Astra just going in really for what seems like no reason. It, yeah. That ego. And also trying to calm Astra down being like Astrid. Yeah. Astrid. Like trying to like give Astrid that like warning moment and Astrid just barreling right on through. She has very poor impulse control. It's like your mama said, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. I feel like Astrid and Abora have some of that in common in a way. I do. Abora did have a moment of introspection. And then Estrude had the moment where she was a brat and then said, I'm not a brat. So. Yeah. But I mean, they they wear their feelings. Yeah. Very prominently. So true. Well, Kendra and Abora are then asked to come back into the main stage where they ascend the ghoulish staircase to, to hell. And we find out that it is Kendra who is eliminated. Thank God. <laughs> Why? Because that was from your side of the roster. <laughs> Damn. Okay, no personal feelings there, then. <laughs> Right. I was like, where's this coming from? Okay. Uh, I couldn't have two people off of my roster, God, and you have not. I know. I am feeling very good about my roster, though. So now it looks like we are back to the drawing board. We are even. Um, I still have Hoso, Melissa, Victoria, and Erica in the game. And Fawn has Abora, Coco, Eva, and Astrid. Okay. So who do we think is going to win it all? Who do we think is going to go home next? Honestly, I think Victoria is going to win it all. I'm really excited about um, Victoria's looks actually and how well she's being received um, before Astrid's season I had pegged her as a winner of her season mm. um, now I I don't know of course I want to bore to win I think I mean amongst amongst Titans I think Astrid has a, a long road ahead of her to win yeah, yeah so I guess Astrid, Abora, Hoso, Victoria are, are who I think are going to make it to top four. I think Eva's going to make it pretty far. Oh, I forgot about her. I think Hoso's going to make it to the top as well. It's, I think it's Vic- just something I forgot about her. I feel like <laughs> Eva, Victoria, and Hoso are all going to do very well. Mm. I want Abora to do well, but I think either Abora or Astrid needs to go home in order for the other one to do well. Interesting. Or Hoso. Well, who do we think is going to go home next? Melissa. You know, I could kind of... See, I was thinking that as well. Or Erica. I think Melissa, well, Erica, and then actually Coco are all kind of at the bottom of the pack. Well, if Coco keeps the trajectory she's on, she did really good this episode, and if she can keep that up going forward... Because she's gotten a little better every episode. So if she can keep that trajectory up, I could see her making it to the end. I just feel like some of her her looks aren't as high concept as some of the others. I feel you like know? this week's I was, agree. though. So eh, it, it was, but it was still a bit minimalistic compared to like 
Judy Jones and Hooker. <laughs> True. Yeah, I agree. She just doesn't go as big as everybody else. I know that... Which is like and, what Kendra's downfall yeah. has been because Kendra was told... Uh, or not told. Kendra did say that her drag was minimalistic. Mm. I know that uh, the Boulets in their podcast said that one person does choose to quit the competition this season. Um, and I wondered if the Melissa conversation was foreshadowing to that. I wondered if Abora maybe is the one who, who quits because of how I feel in like her head she is. I feel yeah. like it has to be either somebody in the love triangle or Melissa. It yeah. has to be, right? So I don't know. Did y'all see how like like Abora's body language and facial expression when Kendra went home? It was like really sad and defeated. Mm. I think uh, I don't want her to go home, but I think Abora might be the one who quits. Yeah. <sighs> well, she's had the. I feel like her storyline has been so up and down that it would make sense if she was the one to walk. So true. All right. Well, someone who is not going to be leaving us anytime soon is Angel Face. Angel is going to be joining us for our next episode as well. Angel, where can our listeners find you on social media? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Angel Face, spelled Angel F-A-Z-C-E, all one word on Instagram. Um, if you find me on any other social media sites, mind your business. <laughs> um, Do you have any shows or anything you want to plug? I mean, kind of. I'm taking a little bit of a break for um, November and December. October was a lot for me, but um, I will be hosting my monthly show at the Nick here in Birmingham. Uh Saturday, a week from today, actually, on November 19th and then December 11th. And then I will be back at the Firehouse Community Arts Center to be a part of the 80s Dark Dance Party, which is a goth night that we've started hosting here in Birmingham. Hell yeah. Well, everyone, mark your calendars, and we will see you again next time on Flapping and Fawning. for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well and pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen, F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at Flapping and Fawning Pod and on Twitter at Flap and Fawn Pod. Oh, and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch. You can also connect with us via Gmail at flappingandfawningpod at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Ta-ta.